0: Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually
1: owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
0: hello everybody and welcome to another great episode of my edtech life thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful monday it is always an honor and a pleasure to be here behind the mic bringing you some amazing guests and bringing you some amazing conversations and of course, tonight is no different. But before we jump in, as always, guys, I just want to say thank you to each and every single one of you for making my edtech life what it is today. Thank you so much for all the likes, the shares, the follows. Thank you so much for following us on YouTube. As you know, we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers. So if you haven't yet, please make sure you visit our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like subscribe. We would definitely appreciate that. And as always, like I said, I'm very thankful for all the feedback and, you know, just really all the connections that we've been able to make through this podcast and bringing you some amazing content. So I am excited for today's show uh terrence was uh somebody that i spoke to probably about a month and a half ago or around there and i am just delighted to have had the opportunity to speak to him to talk to him about the work that they're doing and i was very impressed i was just like wow this is an amazing platform but i won't steal terrence's thunder at all whatsoever but i would love to introduce you to terrence tan terrence how are you doing this evening
1: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on your show. And it's it's an honor to be here. I've been following uh, My Ad Tech Tech Live for a while. Uh, So it's a great uh, pleasure to be also here on as a guest and have the chance to connect to your audience.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm excited that you're here. Like I mentioned, you know, it was great. And the one thing that I love about um, LinkedIn and just the power of social media is just the power of connecting and really linking up. And I just want to thank you for sending me a message on LinkedIn and saying like, hey, you know, we have something that you, you know, you might want to be interested in or checking out and so on. And I just want to thank you for reaching out because that's really what I do. I'm very open about, you know, people reaching out and, you know, sometimes they share things and I'm like, wow. So immediately after that, I was like, hey, here's my Calendly. Let's see where we can go ahead and get you on the show so we can have this conversation. So thank you so much for uh, being here and taking some time out of your day. And I'm just really excited to really dive into today's conversation. So Terrence, for our audience members that are joining us live and those that will be catching this on the replay who are not familiar with you or your work yet, can you please give us a little brief introduction and what your context is within the education space? And then we'll dive into the world of Eddie for Teachers.
1: Sure. Yeah, but but just quick comment on what you mentioned about connections and all. So I'm actually um, quite close collaborators with Eric, one of your former, um, one of the, the the founders who appeared on your show. And I was talking to him about his experience, and that kind of got me started with uh, reaching out. Um, Eric is a as a close friend and a collaborator with with AdMaker for a while. So yeah, you know, just. Um, Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Hey,
0: you know what? Shout out to Eric. So thank you, Eric. He was definitely a great guy. So thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's doing awesome stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but a bit more about myself. So I'm originally from Singapore, where AdMaker is based. Um, After college, I was teaching in the education system in Singapore for a while, uh, teaching English and history. Um, and I think a lot of people have this impression of the the Singaporean education system as like um, high quality, like like we put a lot of funding and resources into it, uh, and and th- and that's true to some extent. But as I went on there in the education system, I realized there were uh, some issues and some things that needed um, attention to that are better uh, responded to outside the formal education system. Um, I was teaching for a couple of years and I was working in the the Ministry of Education, working on higher education policy. So that was a great opportunity to get me connected to um, employers. I was speaking to employers quite a bit and asking them a lot about, you know, what are the um, skill sets and competencies that, you know, you want graduates to to, to have when they come in into the industry, right? Speaking to employers about what they think um, students should be taught and students should learn um, both at the K-12 as well as high education levels. And one thing I realized was a lot of the employers didn't didn't talk about math or or English or anything subject specific. Um, A lot of the conversations around competencies, like skills, as well as um, dispositions, right? Um, Creativity, you know, resilience. I mean, there are a lot of these like, people like to say soft skills, right? Um, That we take for granted, um, but employers are not seeing it, and that got me down the road of thinking about, you know, um, what else does the education system need to have in order to make sure that our students are fit for the future of work? And this is a future of work that we might not know how it exists, like we might not know the shape or the form of it. But we need to prepare them for it. Now, this is a this is a huge undertaking, um, and I think you know various different stakeholders need to come together. But it made me realize, you know, how can I create an impact from outside the system, right? And what what can I do outside the system that would be impossible to do within the education system? Um, So I joined at Maker one year ago, um, working on programming in Singapore, um, doing teacher programs, professional development, Maker education programs for students. And just in June, I moved to the US where I'm based in Boston right now. So a lot of my work right now is managing our clients here in the U.S., but also coming up with our own um, proprietary uh, tools and software to help teachers um, grapple with exactly what maker education is and how to help it, uh, how it can be relevant to their teaching and learning.
0: Excellent. I love it. I mean, it's such a great backstory. And you hit on so many things that are absolutely very important and of course like you mentioned you know what people deem as soft skills and i think oftentimes we we truly are forgetting about those skills a lot in, within the classroom and so i love what you're talking about as far as making the uh, more of a space for maker movements or just really STEM and STEAM and the collaborative the, or the collaboration, the communication in the classrooms mm-hmm. and all of that great stuff, because that is something that is truly very powerful. And being able to witness that myself being in the classroom and being very hands-on and allowing students to do a lot of the hands-on approach to their learning and creating wonderful learning experiences really does something in, in a way that it it really helps the students take that experience. And actually that experience becomes part of them that as they go on from year to year, it's something that they can look back on and continue to, reap from and bring in into whatever grade level whatever uh, curriculum they may be doing because all those skills are definitely cross-curricular so i'm very excited about that passion that you have and that you're bringing because i honestly think that it's something that is very important and those are definitely the skills of the future of work that we're seeing and you're absolutely right i've had other guests that have come on stating that many employers are looking for candidates that have these skills. So I love the fact that you are fine or found a solution that can help teachers maybe not feel as overwhelmed as far as, you know, introducing, you know, like a maker activity within the classroom. So I want to ask you before we jump in a little bit more, you know, at the, the What is the core philosophy right now that, you know, an approach for Eddie for Teachers as far as maker education?
1: Yeah, so so Eddie Eddie for Teachers is basically a product um, that Edmaker, my company, has actually come up with. Um, we launched in June, but I think it's also useful to look at the core philosophy of the whole company um, because the, the philosophy of the product kind of stems from it, right? So AdMaker as a whole, um, it's dedicated to empowering educators to promote a maker culture in every school by leveraging the full potential of technology. So that every child has access to a brighter future so i think there are a few keywords there that you know um it sounds like word soup but a few key phrases that i like to pull out um the idea of educator empowerment stems from the notion of like you know we could we could run and we have run student-facing programs we come into schools we run programs with 200 300 students but you know at the end of the day when we go back the teachers are not going to um the students are not going to be benefiting as much from maker education, right? Uh, it's probably a more sustainable route to train teachers and equip them with the tools that they need to actually take it back to their classroom, right? And that requires trust and partnerships on different levels. Um, it requires trust with the school administration to say, I'm going to carve out a certain number of hours of professional development because I believe that this is important and that you guys can help to deliver. It requires a lot of trust on the part of teachers to be able to abandon or pivot from practices that they've been doing for the past ten or twenty years to a new way of doing things, um, but we think this idea of educator empowerment is something that that's really important and that we've come to realize since the start of our journey. Um, the idea of a maker culture that's something that's been around um, for so long, um, ever since we were founded. The idea our co-founders are kind of uh, Kind of pioneers in the maker movement in Southeast Asia, um, we saw the benefits that it could bring to students as a whole, and and we tried to kind of import that and adapt that to our educational system in Singapore. Uh, and the last bit about is about technology, right? How do we leverage technology to be maker centric? Because a lot of technology that's being used these days is kind of you either follow recipes: step one, you do this; step two, you do this, or it's used to for like for students to, you know, um an online quiz or I guess I'm trying to say is is a lot of technology has the potential to be used in maker centric ways, but there's not a lot of focus on how to do that the best way. Right. So that's another key area of our focus.
0: I love that. You know, and one of the things that you said right now towards the end i think that's something that i'm seeing now because you know right now before there was a great movement like from 2017 when i first started you know in the classrooms and really bringing in a little bit more of the stem you know steam robotics and just being able to create and and creating a little maker space for my students it, it just seems like after a while like i haven't seen too much of it i know i know it's there and i know that there are some great friends that are doing some great things within their schools and within their districts but it's something that you don't hear as much about and i think that as tech the technology is continually moving forward like right now you know ai it's been over a year and that is big right now and that's what everybody's talking about but i agree with you that yes you do have the potential of you know doing so many things with the tech or with your computers but i think we are missing out on that component of the hands-on critical thinking, collaborative aspect of a maker activity where it it really goes beyond just the normal, I would say, lesson plan that you would have, but where students are actually invested. And one thing that I love that you mentioned was that teacher empowerment. And I think that's something that is very important as well, being able to train the teachers, help them feel empowered, because then that, kind of goes down and trickles into the students as well. And you're creating this great environment for that's conducive to learning and great for learning experiences that the the teacher almost all of a sudden becomes more of that learning engineer and the students are able to collaborate in that final product. And I think that's so important. And I really do feel that maybe we haven't talked about it too much as of late. And maybe it's something that we definitely need to revisit and readdress so we don't miss out on those skills, you know, as well. So tell me a little bit more as far as, you know, we talked about the the collaborative skills. We talked about how uh, you know the maker movement and the activities that are around you know what eddie for teachers offers prepare students for the 21st century so tell us a little bit more about that what is that end goal and that vision for ed maker to help our students develop those 21st century skills
1: right i think uh, yeah it's 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 that's a great question right um so i think we we see um the future of work skills in two ways, right? Um, And this is probably oversimplifying it a bit, but there are technical skills, right? Technical skills like how to um, use certain technologies, how to manipulate and interact with artificial intelligence, extended reality, um, human-computer interactions. And these are technical skills that employers are definitely looking for. Um, I remember reading a World Economic Forum article, a report actually published this year that says that, well, it's within, it's within the top three or top five. So these are skill sets that employers are definitely looking for. Um, and then on the other hand, there are these um, non-technical skill sets. I mean, I know some people who loathe at the idea of soft skills because the idea is that they're not soft. You have to practice them, you have to get better at them, and you have to hone it, right? Um, But these are skills like creativity, um, being able to uh, respond positively to failure, um, the ability to create, come up with innovative solutions to uh, challenging problems. And these are also skill sets that are honed so well by Maker Education. Um, When done well, I think Maker Education is particularly transformative in helping students kind of see not just where they should go, but also kind of learn from each other and collaborate with one another to come up with something that's more than the sum of the parts. Um, so one example would be like, I, I guess, an example that illustrates the, the these two things, right? One of our lesson plans on Eddie, and if you go to EddieForTeachers.com, you'll be able to search for it. It's called Fraction Genius. It's one of my favorite lesson packages. And in it, what students are doing is they're creating an AI um, app, a simple AI application that can distinguish between different fractions. Right? So in doing so, they're learning, sure, they're learning math, but they're also learning the fundamentals of AI, how to train a simple app, how to test it with real data. And they're actually learning how to troubleshoot and work with one another, because as anyone who's worked with AI or any emerging technology before, there are so many things that can go wrong, right? So that's an example of the kind of um, end goal that we we want, right? We want students to have these technical skill sets, but also to be able to respond positively when they meet challenges, when they face issues, how do they troubleshoot without just throwing their hands up and saying, I, I'm not gonna do this, right? Um, yeah, in a nutshell, that's that.
0: Yes, no, and absolutely, and that that is such a very important skill because oftentimes it, it just seems like if we don't get our and and this happens even as adults too now, you know, with as far as much as tech has you know, moved forward, it's like if we don't get our video loaded right away or we get something and like the troubleshooting, we just get frustrated. But this is something that is a valuable skill for students to learn. Now, before we continue, Terrence, I want to bring in a comment. Uh, My friend Tanya, Tanya Gonzalez, big shout out to Tanya Gonzalez for joining us here. And she has a comment here. It says a lot of educators don't have the freedom to explore or play with technology integration in their classroom due to the fact that some leaders have the teach-to-the-test mentality. So, Terrence, let me ask you something. So how can Eddie for Teachers, you know, if we do have some of those leaders that Tanya is talking about and and which I have myself been uh, a witness to, What can we do to maybe help change that mindset? Because one of the things that you did mention earlier was, you know, the mission, too, is to help teachers to be able to adapt, you know, to this, uh, you know, obviously 21st century skills, but to be able to adapt their lessons. So can you talk to us maybe a little bit or maybe give us a little story or success story of how maybe Eddie for teachers can help those, you know, those types of leaders? that are sure teach to the test mode.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Um uh, it's it's funny you mentioned that I just got off a call with uh with an administrator from a school in, in Florida that we're working on a pilot with. And I think a lot of this a lot of the a lot of the conversations I'm having with administrators is around um how the technology cannot just be used innovatively in the classroom, but also how can we gather data. From the technology um, to inform student learning. So, let me give an example, right? Um, I talk about one of the lessons that we have, which users, where the students are creating AI apps or AI, um, well, an AI app, right, that can distinguish between different faction types, right? So, one of the administrators is saying, well, is there any way we can pull the data from the back end? to actually um, showcase what students are doing and to allow for formative evaluation. And I think as we grow, one of the things that we do want to do is form these partnerships with technology that we think have great potential to be infused into the Maker classroom to be able to pull some of this data, what their students are creating, what students are making um, into um, students portfolios report cards um lms like i think that kind of um ecosystem is kind of where we're heading towards and i think that will help to move the needle a little when it comes to assessment of student learning right because that's that's a big thing um the other bit about it is the idea of what are you bringing to the table and i think for a lot of administrators it's quite an uphill um challenge to prove that you have something to bring to the table, right? Because no one is kidding ourselves. We're not We're not a huge company, right? So a lot of the value that we bring is in customization, right? Uh, a lot of the conversations I'm having with administrators is about what are you teaching? What's the curriculum that you have? How can we design content on Eddie that helps you use that content, but enhance it with technology? How can we swap certain elements around of the original content to infuse maker-centric learning activities while at the same time maintaining the learning objectives. And that's something that I think only folks who have been in a classroom before will be able to relate to. So our team is made up mostly educators because of that reason. Because um, one of the ways that we realize that we are able to get buy-in is to show that we are um, we, we, we can walk the talk from a curriculum standpoint. And this is the same, whether it's in the US or Singapore, right, administrators will ask that question.
0: That is great, you know, and I love, you know, how transparent you are in the conversations that you're having, you know, with school districts, but also, you know, just describing your team and the experience that you're bringing in, that is something that is very wonderful because oftentimes, we don't know who's on the other side of a platform we don't know you know who is writing this curriculum and years of experience or what their mindset is or you know and everything so it's very important that we definitely get something that is you know teacher created or teacher centered in that sense and somebody that really understands you know what's going on in the classroom so kind of leading up with that you know, again, returning to the point of being able to empower teachers, can you tell us a little bit about how Eddie for Teachers or Edmaker is helped through these programs, you know, and especially Eddie for Teachers, how does it go about creating that empowerment for teachers in the classroom?
1: Right. So, so Eddie is essentially in its current incarnation, it's essentially a platform with um, lesson packages that do a few things, right? Um lesson packages that infuse maker education or maker-centric learning into the teaching, uh, into into lessons, right? Um, At the same time, it brings in emerging technology domains. So we have around four or five emerging tech domains from AI to extended reality to coding and and programming, so far and so forth, right? Um, And what we actually, support teachers in doing is to give professional development, not in terms of how to use eddy, because anyone can go up there and you know download it's it's a pretty much fast free, free platform, but more from the perspective of how do you integrate technology and maker-centric ways into the classroom. Right. So so far the in the pilots that we have done, what we've gotten teachers to do is to download our lesson packages. And then our advice is our 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 way of kind of doing professional development in a way is sort of um, coaching them how to adapt the lesson plans for their needs. So, for example, one of the teachers was saying, oh, I want to I integrate, um, I want to keep track of students' Lexile scores, I want to differentiate instruction according to my weaker readers, according to my stronger readers. We then come in and we say, okay, well, with this technology that we're actually featuring in the lesson package, you can do these things to change the Lexile scores, and that'll help you as well, right? Um, because there's no one-size-fits-all for 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 content, at least now in the current incarnation. With Gen AI, which is we can talk about that later, it might change. But currently, the lesson packages are designed as is. Um, That being said, we know that, like I said, no one size fits all. So a lot of the consulting and a lot of the individual um, professional development that we do with teachers is advising on how they might be able to adapt the lessons for the classroom. Uh, And I think think we found that particularly like. Resonant with many teachers who um, might be, and rightfully so, a little bit wary of Gen AI, like churning out these like lesson packages that yeah. they can pop, then can probably like implement. But you know, there's probably a loophole here or inaccurate content there. Um, what we're trying to do is put a face, like you said, put a face behind who's creating these packages and say that we are here, we are we're we're on board with you, and we're here to give you the support you need to make these lessons a reality in your classroom.
0: Excellent. Now, you mentioned a couple of things there too as well that um, I often, when I do get to talk to um, platforms or get to talk to founders and so on, uh, many times what happens is, it's all about the standards and standards based curriculum. And so oftentimes there may be a platform that is, hey, you know, this is what we offer, but yet it's not tied to those standards or the standards that we may be adhering to here within our state. So is that something that Eddie does offer as far as let's say, you know, here in Texas, is there a way to customize what it is that you have available to feed the to excuse me, to meet the needs? of our curriculum here in Texas, or in any state for that matter?
1: Yeah, so so far the lesson packages that we have are aligned to um, NGSS, Common Core, and, and ISTE standards. Uh, okay. Not aligned to TEKS yet, but that's definitely in the works, as we have more teachers coming in from Texas. I think that's something that's in the pipeline. So. Um, If there's demand and we see, you know, we have users from Texas, that's an alignment that we can easily make. Uh, I think a big rationale, also, why we want standards to be incorporated is the idea that, you know, maker education shouldn't be something that we bolt on as an after-school program. Uh, I think we want to encourage more teachers to be doing this within the classroom, within their regular curricular hours, which means that we also need to meet them where they are and, you know, be very receptive to um, the standards that they definitely need to hit. And I think with our pilot programs, what we've shown is that, you know, it it is possible to meet some of these um, crucial subject standards, right? Um, Because you're using some of our resources to supplement um, instruction that you're already doing. So, for example, one of the writing lessons on Eddy is going to be used to supplement a lesson, well, on writing, right? So you teach explicitly what are the different stages of um, doing an expository essay, and then the Tech lesson on Eddie is used to consolidate their learning, right? Um, so our teachers, and I think many teachers are already doing this, right? Picking, matching from different sources, figuring out whether stuff from Khan Academy or or, or this platform is useful, and piecing it together into a coherent whole. Um, the idea is, if we don't have standards attached to our stuff, it's going to be so much more challenging for them to do that. Do that, um, and I think that'll also make kind of teacher uptake of our platform a little bit more challenging.
0: Excellent. Well, that's good to know. And I have my friend Tanya here who is really excited. You know, she says, you know, this is the first time I hear about Eddie and she'll definitely explore more tonight. And believe me, she will definitely explore more because Tanya is amazing and she definitely loves to embrace the tech and really help her students, which kind of leads me to my next question. I know we've been talking a little bit more on a little bit on the teacher side and, you know, a little on the, or a little bit more on the teacher side and very little on the student side. But my next question to you is, you know, I'm all about amplifying creativity. And I know as far as, you know, maker movement, Uh, And just having a makerspace, it's all about, you know, the collaboration, the cooperation. But also some of that is definitely the creative component for students. So I want to ask you, you know, how does uh, EdMaker or here in this case, Eddie for Teachers foster creativity for our young students that would be taking part in any of these lessons that you have available?
1: Yeah, so I think in the the realm of, you know, maker-centric learning, there's this phrase called... uh, High ceilings and white walls. So the idea that you 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 have high ceilings, so students of differing abilities or different grade levels can actually, um, you know challenge themselves and you have white walls so that students have a great degree of creativity and variation in producing uh, content, right? Uh, So we try to do that in all of our lesson packages. I think what we realize is that for first and second graders, uh, it's a bit more challenging to to devise maker-centric online emerging tech content because at that age, a lot of the focus is on understanding how the how the tech works but from third grade and onwards um, all of our lessons give students uh, a lot of exposure to well give them a lot of flexibility to in terms of the content that they're creating and one way that we do that is we're very intentional and deliberate about the types of technology and tools that we are picking up uh, so I guess this is a not so subtle plug to Eddie uh, to to Eric and MegaMinds, for example, right? We connected over his online makerspaces. I saw it and I was like, that's a great tool, right? We should be creating more content on it. And and that's how let, that's how we led to our collaboration where we developed a bunch of lesson plans um related to MegaMinds and using their technology. Um so I think part of it is like picking the right technology, right? And the other part of it is devising the um lesson flow that is maker-centric in a way that it gets students creating with that technology instead of giving them a step-by-step, I guess, recipe to follow. And we try to do that by um, being very deliberate and intentional about the types of um, guidance we're giving them, right? So for some of our lesson packages, not all, but we're trying to ramp that up, um, the tech tutorial that we show students that is used by the teacher to show students how to explore the technology is done in a way that you know you hit play, the video runs, and after that after the video is done, the students should know and be familiar enough with the technology to kind of tinker with it in an open-ended fashion. Um, we 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 think that this is and, and we've gotten feedback from teachers that this is the way that you know they want to introduce that technology to their student in the form of a video, right? Whereas some teachers might prefer to introduce it in terms of showing it on their screen while they are manipulating uh, or while they're playing around with the technology. But the idea is that we shouldn't be telling students that step one, this is what you're gonna do. Step two, if you do that, it should be just to introduce the technology to them But the task that that they're given, what we call a a, a creation of an artifact or product, that should be open-ended as far as possible. Uh, And one big challenge that we had initially is how to scope that product in a way that's respectful of the standards and objectives of the lesson, but at the same time also give students sufficient independence and creativity. Um, And I think so far we've managed to find a good balance, but that was was an iterative process.
0: There you go. But that's good. And I love what you said. You know, there's so much to see here because right now in in a little bit, you know, I'm going to definitely share my screen and I want to share uh, what Eddie has and you know going back and looking into that Fraction Genius just so people can get a little bit familiar of what is available now I know that you, what you have available here is amazing because it, it's great for the teachers to be able to walk through it and also for the students to be able to walk through so I want to ask you though just so our audience members can know you know within Eddie it's not just one particular app that is available to use or to create a lesson or for simulations. You you have several apps available. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I think I think we've hit a point whereby initially we were exploring tons of uh, apps out there that were quite um, made, were very suitable and 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 very appropriate for maker centric learning. So we have around well, I want to say like. 10, 15, 20 different apps out there. But at the same time, what we heard from our users is also that, you know, um, a teacher doesn't want to learn 10 or 20 different apps in order to turn their classroom into online makerspace. So we're leaning hard, we're leaning harder on um, those apps that lend themselves particularly well. So for example, design tools like Canva, uh, simple AI app creation tools like machine, uh, like Teachable Machine, MegaMinds is something out there, Co-Spaces. So these are things that are built from the ground up for student creation. So these are the things we're going to lean a bit harder on.
0: There you go. And that's great. And, you know, I love that, that you took a lot of consideration into that because, uh, like, you're absolutely right. I mean, there could be that tech, you know, teachers get tech burdened and they feel overwhelmed. yeah. Yeah. And that tech fatigue and having to learn a new platform, new logins, and then the students are working on new platforms and so on. That could definitely, you know. It's yeah, it causes a lot of stress in that sense. So I'm loving the fact that, you know, taking that feedback and saying, you know what, let's really find those particular apps that really do lend themselves into the maker space and into the maker movement that are easy for students to use to create, but also easy for the teachers or they teach some teachers may already be very familiar with those apps. So again, that's wonderful. And that's good to hear, you know, that you really do lean into teacher feedback and what they give you. So, uh, you know, that way it makes the product a lot better. My friend Tanya here also says, don't forget Adobe Express as well.
1: (laughs) We have a couple of lessons using Adobe Express. It's great. So I mean Adobe Express is actually quite similar to Canva. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think those are that's one of those decisions where we have to say, okay, we're going to use this product because two of them have very similar features, but maybe one of them is better for like sharing a collaboration. So I think we're at a point whereby we have to evaluate tools that are very similar in terms of usage so that we don't overburden the teacher users.
0: Absolutely. So at this time, Terrence, what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna go ahead and share my screen. Just so we can bring in Fraction Genius, just as an example of what is available here. So let me go ahead and bring that in. So let's see here, share. And then that way you can kind of walk us through. So what I went ahead and did here is I just opened it up and I kind of, you know, logged in. But I really love the way that this is laid out for teachers. You've got your introduction, you've got the opening activity, you've got the main idea, closing activity there's assessment and of course there's comments here and this would be that comment feedback for you. And uh, so tell us a little bit about this. And, you know, I'm a teacher and I'm looking at this for the very first time. What are some of the key points and things that I should be looking at in order to maybe not feel as overwhelmed and have a successful lesson here with my students? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say you definitely start with the the introduction. So the introduction TAP really gives you a rundown of uh, the whole lesson, anything from outcomes, lesson outcomes, uh, student objectives, uh, what kind of uh, prior knowledge students might need to have. Uh, many of the lessons that we have on eddie don't explicitly focus on teaching content, right? So a lot of teachers have found it more useful to reinforce content and students already know. Um, so we have a prior knowledge segment. We have all the, re- all the instructional material um, available for download. I think a lot of... Um, Or rather, as a teacher, um, seeing a lot of lesson packages out there, I think they're great. But at the same time, I'm also asking myself, where's the material? Does that mean I have to create slides from scratch? So we're trying to reduce that for for teachers as well. So we have a downloadable slide deck that they can edit, um, change stuff around. Um, All the student resources are over there. And then the, the next few tabs on the opening activity, the main activity, and the closing activity is really a rundown of the slide deck. And how the lesson um, should progress according to the slide deck. Um, This is where we had to make a crucial design decision too, right? Because um, for like hardcore proponents of makered, we're like, we don't want to use slides at all. We just want to facilitate the lesson, and we don't need to have slides slides at all because that's frontal teaching, and that's like, no, 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 right? Uh, But I think we had to take a hard look at who our users were, and make some decisions there. So we had. All of you, uh, many of our users are saying, well, we want the lesson plan to be structured this way, right? That's the, the the most logical way to go through a lesson, to run through the slides and to see what how the lesson will be conducted on each slide. And honestly, if I look at myself as a teacher, that's the most intuitive way for me to digest a slide too, right? So that's how we structured it. Um, you also have the option to comment on individual slides. So if you go to the little bubble there, you'll be able to comment on that particular slide to say, oh, I think this is a, a good kind of um, teaching move, or I, I don't think this is a great teaching move. For my high-ability learners, I had to do this instead. right?" So I think what we want to do is encourage this community that's focused on critiquing and improving lesson packages and, and lessons at a very specific level. Of course, if you have broader comments on the lesson plan, you can do. You can go to the last tab. But I think recently what we've been trying to do in our pilots is encourage teachers to comment on individual slides to say like, oh, well, I think this slide should be improved a little bit. I think this teaching move should be improved, so on and so forth. And then lastly, on the right-hand side, I mean, my, my right, right, you can see the subject, the grade, um, the emerging technology domain, and the different standards.
0: I love this. Terrence, I, I just want to say, like, I really love the way that this is laid out. I know, again, for many teachers, oftentimes it's the makerspace, like you mentioned, it was like, hey, it's kind of like, here's what we're going to do. And it's kind of like a free for all and so on. But then, of course, you have that subset of teachers also that really like things kind of dialed in and, you know, let's go ahead and follow certain steps and and everything. And I just really absolutely love the way that this is laid out. And it's very, very well explained. And also the fact that as teachers, you don't have to go and look for those resources. Everything that you need is here for the resources and your lesson plan prep. And one thing that I must say that I really uh, want to commend you on is on these activities uh, where you have the speech bubble to be able to have teachers give you feedback based on what is there to continue to help improve the product and give those suggestions and so on. And I think that's very valuable. And for a lot of teachers to be able to have their ideas heard or their voice heard and just say, hey, you know, maybe this or this, you know, little tweaks here, little tweaks there you know, at the end, everybody's going to benefit from that because we're, it's almost a community. We're all learning from each other in maybe not necessarily with directly, but in an indirect way, you know, as the slides get better, it's because we're learning from somebody else and, you know, some that's providing some of that valuable feedback and content. Uh, One of the things that I love here too as well that I saw in this slide is for this activity, you know, introducing machine learning for kids. And here you have the links and everything is here. You have a tutorial available. You have a step-by-step on how the students will be able to log in, what they're gonna do and everything. So, I mean, everything is laid out here for the teacher. And I think that this is very well thought of and so, I definitely want to commend you on that because if this is any indication of what else is there on Eddie, I highly recommend that anybody that's watching us live tonight, or is going to be catching this on the replay and watching the video, and so on, please make sure that you do go visit EddieForTeachers.com so you can go ahead and uh, log in and create or see some of the lessons that are there that you might be able to adapt and employ, uh, excuse me, adapt and share with your students and kind of work them in into your curriculum. So Terrence, before we continue, though, the main question is probably going to be that a lot of people are thinking of is, what's the price? So can you tell us a little bit about that as far as what teachers might be able to have access to on Eddie for Teachers?
1: Yeah, I mean, the short answer is that it's free. Everything is is free. And um, our revenue model um, is not based on teachers paying, so um, it'll be free. Yes, it's free. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, for those who want to know a bit more, I think our revenue model is based on working with companies like Canva. like Basically, these companies that we think have a strong um, resonance with MakerEd. We want to work with them. We piloted with a few of them. Um, so, So that's kind of the revenue model that we have to kind of showcase their products and work our partnership with them. Um, currently, me. we have around 40 lesson packages, um, and we, we're, we're, we're only releasing one or two lesson packages per week right now because we are gearing up for our next uh, bound, which will involve Gen AI. Um when, when we're ready, I'd love to share with your viewers again um, just, to, just to get a sense of you know what the reception to that will be. But in a nutshell, we're going to use generative AI to construct our own LLM so that teachers can create their own emerging technology lesson plans.
0: That is amazing. And so, guys, those of you that are watching, those of you that are catching this in the replay or whether you're listening, definitely eddyforteachers.com. As you heard, it is at an amazing sale price of $3.99. That's right, $3.99. So thank you, Terrence, for what you do and the collaboration that you have. With all of these companies, so I want you to check this out. You know, you can go here and filter by uh, obviously subject. You can filter by grade. You can filter by domain. You can filter by standard, and you're going to be able to find lessons here. If you notice, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, and everything is there. You know, for you, it's provided. They definitely took, you know, just really good care of us as educators in providing everything that you need within these lessons. So Terence I I am really thankful for your work. I'm thankful for that vision that you have, that passion that you have to be able to bring this Into our education spaces, into our classrooms, so that the teachers can engineer these amazing learning experiences and that students can also partake in these learning experiences where they're not only learning some tech skills, but they're learning those other skills, like we mentioned, you know, the collaboration, communication that create the creativity, but also the fact that they can have a learning artifact that they can go ahead and keep and take with them from year to year and creating a portfolio. And, you know, just having some work to show and showing progress and showing growth. So, Terrence, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and what you've done, you know, through um, Edmaker and what you're doing for what you're doing with Eddie for teachers, for our teachers. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
1: I appreciate the opportunity to come here and share a little bit. Uh, I I guess if there's one thing I want to say also is that we're not perfect. We were only launched in June. So I know that I know that a lot of founders like to um, blow themselves up and maybe a, you know, but but I I'm very cognizant that we're only a few months old. This product is only um, five months old. So we're always um, on the lookout for feedback. Uh, if you go on Eddie and you think there's something that um, needs work on, um, there is a widget at the side, a hot jar widget. Drop us a feedback. Drop us your 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 thoughts. Um, I personally go and look at each and every one of them um, because. We've gotten great feedback from, from from teachers and other users that way. Um yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, excellent. And I just want to share with you here, my friend Tanya says, I just found it says liked resources and then she's here. I'm about to unlock a badge already. And okay, so her question here also, she says it says, Can we save lessons?
1: Yeah, you, you can. So I think she found it the, the 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 heart sign um mm-hmm. it's basically saving the uh lessons and i think she also said she would love more lower
0: grade lessons yes yeah she's a second grade teacher so i know for sure that she would definitely enjoy more lower grade lessons but again you know she she is going to be one that is going to be putting this through everything and she will definitely give you feedback for sure that that's how great tanya is so thank you so much tanya for joining us and for checking out eddie for teachers well terrence it's been an amazing conversation i thank you so much again like i mentioned for just really having a wonderful vision and bringing it to fruition it's not always easy there are many people that have or see a solution to a problem and maybe they don't have a way to be able to bring that But I'm glad that you were able to, you know, bring your vision to light and to bring it to us as educators, because this is something that's very valuable. And like I said, for myself, being in the classroom and being able to do these activities, I feel like I haven't seen too much, at least on my socials, on anybody really doing a lot with maker spaces and so on uh but hopefully this again will definitely reignite some of those flames you know for creativity collaboration communication within our classrooms for our students and just really reignite that that uh, spark for the maker movement. So that's wonderful. So thank you, Terrence. I really appreciate you. But before we go, Terrence, I definitely, I want to end the show with our last three questions that I ask all my guests. So hopefully you are ready. So here we go. Question number one, Terrence, as we know, every superhero has a weakness and we know that kryptonite was Superman's greatest weakness. So I want to ask you, Terrence, through your observation, and through your work in the education space, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite?
1: For me, it would be kind of not giving students the opportunity to reflect and improve. Um, I've seen that way too often in high-stakes testing situations. Um, So I think that, you know, leaning and testing and scores uh, is, is not a great way to improve broad educational outcomes. Uh, testing is going to be important. Testing is important for formative and summative purposes. There should be a means to an end. Um, a lot of a lot of folks and stakeholders think of it as an end in
0: itself. Excellent. Great answer. Thank you so much, Terrence. All right. Question number two, Terence is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why?
1: Wow. This one is a... Uh, I had to think of a while for this one. It's not even... Uh, Uh, I I think the idea of feel fast, feel forward um, is something that I've really kind of internalized ever since uh, leaving the public sector. So I think when I was in the public sector, there was a lot of resistance to that. And you can understand why Um, you're managing hundreds of thousands of students. The the revenue is huge. But if you feel fast and feel forward by listening to your users, you're going to come up ultimately with a better product. which I think we definitely experienced with Eddie. You should see the first few versions of Eddie. It was like, <laughs> and we show it in front of people and they're like, no, 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 you have to change this. And we're like, okay. <laughs> but that whole experience was super invaluable.
0: Perfect. Well, that's great. And that is definitely great advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. And the last question, Terrence, is if you had to author a book starting tomorrow, what would your book be about?
1: I think it would be about how maker-centric education is important. Well, hmm. how maker-centric education can be applied to a variety of systems, right? You don't have to be a policymaker to do that. Um, I think you know a lot of folks think that you need to be in a position of power to be able to institute these broad changes. But I think as educators, as parents, as anyone has a stakeholder in stake who is a stakeholder in education, uh, I think you can make small tweaks, small changes. And I think I would love to share them with more people about how to make that happen.
0: Excellent. Great answer. Well, Terrence, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure for all our audience members. Again, make sure you check out eddyforteachers.com. Please make sure you check them out. Of course, all of that information. Will be in the show. Thank Tanya also for joining us here with a lot of the comments. I know we had a lot more viewers also that maybe they they didn't comment, but thank you so much for joining us live as well. And for all our audience members, those of you that are gonna be watching this on the replay or catching it on Spotify, as always, thank you so much for making my ed tech life what it is today. Please make sure you visit our website, guys, at myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and the other two hundred and forty six wonderful wonderful episodes with educators creators entrepreneurs founders entrepreneurs we've got a little bit of everything for all of you where you can take some knowledge nuggets from and you can sprinkle them on to what you are already doing great so thank you so much as always for all of your support please make sure you follow us on all socials at my ed life so you can check us out on twitter facebook uh you can check us out on instagram on threads as well so please make sure that you're following us in case you haven't done so already and again please make sure you jump over our to our youtube channel and give us a subscribe or a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel we're trying to get to a thousand subscriptions so thank you so much as always for all of your support and again guys until next time don't forget stay techie